Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What did you do when you made the deputy sheriff? Well, we were after a, a man who was uh, apparently been doing something. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I cut that off too abruptly, but whatever. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. And uh, today I got a special guest with me. Uh, I'll get to him in just one moment. But before I do, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, if you're like me and you enjoy wine, go to Blanche Family Wines, or at least get yourself a bottle. Obviously, there's a lot of restrictions on it right now. You know, who knows what, what's going to be like, but they do have, if you go to bfwdenver.com, you will find a bunch of options available to you to just get yourself some uh, uh, food. Uh, just give me food. Wine. That's food. Uh, so the, they have a 2017 Cabernet that I love that I got a couple bottles of myself right now, but they've got Pinots. They got uh, blends. They got anything that you really need. They got a partnership with the Western Slope Winery named Storm Cellars that sells a Riesling. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that, but I actually had it when we were able to go places back in the day and it was really good. Um, they, you can also do a virtual wine tasting. Go to bfwdenver.com to get one of those. They go really fast, so I highly suggest Yes, you go quickly and uh more than more than that just just great wine and i highly suggest you go there once again they are located between 18th and 19th in blake and wazee in beautiful lower downtown denver colorado just a couple blocks away from coors field right in the middle of the dairy block when you go in tell them jeff morton from csg podcast sent you there all right with me is uh, my friend it's making his debut on csg uh is uh a, a man of note a noted raconteur uh, bon Vivant, man about town. Um, you'll know him as the host of the uh, Stokely and Zach show on 104.3 The, the Fan. Uh, half of them, half of the 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 representation there, and he hosts the Mile High Hoops podcast on. Uh, well, you can find it basically anywhere you can get your your podcast. Uh, his name is Zach. By hello, Zach. What's up, my man? Thank you so much for uh, having me on here today. Right. Uh, I, I was just thinking like uh, right after that, dra- uh, right, right. Like during that draft and, and I was like, I need to have Zach on because we need to get this, your perspective on this thing. So last night, Denver Nuggets draft. Oh, by the way, actually, before I get to that, the Nuggets just released their new uh, alternate jerseys. Uh, did you see those? So I saw the leak, and I don't know if the leak, um, if, if the release of the jerseys confirms the leak. It's like the red skyline jerseys. Is that yes. is, are those the ones? Yes, man. Those are, I got to tell you. Yeah. I, so, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, they're on the Nuggets official account, uh, Twitter. Account okay. Now. 
And okay. uh, I just want to kind of get your feel on uh, what you think. I can't stand them. I, well, I, don't, I, like I, I, don't, I, I don't like them at all. And, and I thought that a year ago, well, was it two years ago they released the white and then last year the black? Or I don't know if it was the same year, but yeah. um, I'm a huge fan of especially the black ones. I think they're right. one of the best jerseys in basketball. I really do. The red, it's just like too much. It looks like the jazz uniforms. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a lot for me. Uh, and, and my favorite color is red. So with, but with the colors backgrounded with that, uh, uh, that red, just, ooh, I, 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 won't be, I won't be rocking any of that anytime soon. If they didn't add the, the kind of the, 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 the yellowish look to it, or the, not even yellow, but that kind of burnt look, uh, the yep. it, the campfire yep. look. I, I just didn't like it. It just like you're right. It's too close to the jazz uniforms, and it just ugh, I, they they did they hit it out of the park with the black ones. I thought and and yes yes, <laughs> and and remember, do you remember the the white sleeved jerseys they had that also yes. had the skyline on them? Okay, yeah. I actually got used to them, even though they looked like pajamas. But I, I actually got used to them. But this, yeah, I I I, I liked the white. I loved the black. I dislike the red. I just right. think it's trying too hard. I think the Nuggets have awesome jerseys. I love when they go to the to, to like the royal blue with the um, the the mile high. It, it, you know, I love I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think this is um, you know it's a misstep. But I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to sell more jerseys. Well, right, yeah. So I t- <laughs> just get all get the, all the colors of the rainbow in there, but you might right. as well just have the rainbow on there. Uh, that's <laughs> like the old right. the old '80s jerseys, you know, like the way they did it back in the day. Um, I don't know. I just uh, uh, it is it is what it is. But those dropped like shortly before uh, I started this podcast. So uh, uh, today, so I mean. I was wanting to get your feel on them and uh, we'll have more time to digest those jerseys. Yes. Big thumbs down from Dak and me. Yeah. So you, you heard it yeah. here first. Um, okay. The Nuggets uh, had the successfully pulled off the 2020 draft last night and uh, they selected with the 22nd pick uh, Zeke Naji, and they, with the 25th pick or 24th pick via trade, they got uh, RJ um, Tampton. Hampton. <laughs> Jeez, I was going to call him Hamilton, like uh, uh, former Nuggets player. Anyway, uh, and they couldn't officially comment today on the uh, the, the second pick, but uh, they did talk about Zeke uh, Najee. So when you when this was going down last night, what was your thoughts? Because I I got to be admit I wasn't familiar with uh, Mr. Zeke there. I, I I had no concept. So had you seen him before this went down last night? Yeah, I, I was aware of him. I had watched Arizona play a number of times. I'm a big fan of Nico Mannion. Oh, yeah. um, and then they had the they, they had the other kid I was looking at, um, which is Josh, uh, Josh Green, yeah. uh, who got drafted last night. Um, so I had seen him. I saw, saw him in mock drafts. I saw him anywhere mocked between, you know, the end of the lottery to the end of the first round. He lands somewhere right there. But I was not um, hyper-focused on Zeke Naji. I just wasn't, I was, I was looking at, um, you know, I was looking at Cole Anthony, Desmond Bain, Josh Green, Tyrese Maxey, Jaden McDaniels from Washington um, and and a host of other, I mean, I'm just going to show you my, all my notes here. Um, (laughs) So, so, so I, 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 I I was aware, but if I had known um, 
that he was that much on the radar, I would have put more emphasis during the draft process. Uh, but it, first of all, the draft process is so um, wide, right? And, right. and, and you, just, you just don't know, especially this year. So most of my work on Zeke Naji, like a lot of other folks uh, who cover the Denver Nuggets, has been within the last 24 hours after he was picked, you know, really taking a dive into him. So um, I, I'm impressed. I like what I see. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a franchise changer or anything right. like that. I think he's got a really nice opportunity uh, to, to play a significant role, though. Maybe not so much this year, right. but in year two. I mean, he's just a kid. I mean, you know, he's 19 years old. Right. Um, but he went to a blue blood program. He was a Pac-12 rookie of the year. He's got physical tools that are just terrific. You know, 6'10", 6'11", 7'1", wingspan. And my favorite – well, there, there's several things I really like about Zeke Naji, but I love his basketball character. He right. plays hard all of the time. And when all these guys were describing Zeke Naji, then you cut on the tape and you see him. He plays hard. He's got a great motor. And – um I love Jeff. I love the way he finishes. I mean, almost 60% from the field. And then you see the shooting motion. It is natural. He shoots 76% from the free throw line. And oftentimes, like as a shooter, I look to the free throw line. Who are you from the line? How comfortable are you? And you can tell that that shooting motion has done, been done in his life a couple million times, literally. You see him. Uh, I was watching the tape this morning. He just catches it on the elbow swings through and faces up and just shoots it like he's done it's not like um hey we're up 12 uh let me make sure i and just kind of you know aim it or you know right he looks yeah. like he's got a nice natural shooting motion and then you can start playing the game if that's your baseline as you're coming into the league you're able to knock down 15 footers knocking down from the elbow terrific at the line how can you expand on that when the nba is now your full-time job and you're not you know, going to class or anything like that. So I, I, I like this kid, 14 double-doubles as a, as a freshman um, in the Pac-12. So I, I, the, the, the more the hours pass, I am – like when the pick was made, there wasn't like, yes, I was hoping that he would fall. Like I was hoping Sadiq Bey from Villanova would fall, to be All honest right. with you. I thought culturally and for so many other reasons, he had been a great fit coming out of Villanova. But um, as the hours keep – passing and I'm learning more and um, being a sponge to who this kid is I'm starting to not I'm starting to get very 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 intrigued that's like borders on excitement right and I was thinking too that uh, you know Tim Connolly talked to us today and uh, I got the feeling and then this is just me having a supposition here I got the feeling that maybe some players that they had on their board that they were really targeting uh went away he did mention how yep. teams kind of will jump ahead if they like a guy and i and i keep thinking about oklahoma city getting that 17th pick and uh from i think what was it from minnesota i think yeah uh in the ruby rubio deal and and drafting uh pukashevsky which yeah. I, I think I think may have been that, but who knows at this point? Because they did, you know, obviously they can't clarify it. But it was interesting to me because the, the, when I first, as you were talking about, got the standalone 
on that. It's like, yeah, this Najee guy. It's like, okay, I'm doing some research on him. You know, he, he could be Kenneth Fareed with, you know, better shooting motion is the way I was looking at it. And then, you know, next comes the trade, which isn't official yet. I must clarify this. It won't be official until at least Monday, probably. Um, is the uh, acquisition of R.J. Hamilton. Now, that I that R.J. Hamilton is a guy I've heard for quite a while around here. Hampton, Hampton, oh, Hampton. Jeez, I keep calling him Hamilton. <laughs> God. <laughs> I mean, a long time Nuggets fans, particularly in the last seven years, are just like shaking their fist at me because they know who I keep thinking of. Um, anyway, so Hampton, they draft him. He was on – you were obviously aware of him. He went to – uh, New Zealand uh, and played in the, I think it was the, it's called the NBL out there um, and yeah. kind of suffered from going out there because he went out of sight and he didn't play very well. Probably the primary reason he dropped from a projected lottery guy to down there. What's your thoughts on Hamilton? Do you, and and uh, the, the overall thought seems to be the Nuggets got great value there. Hampton, Hampton. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so RJ Hampton was a guy that, you know, a year ago, like it, it's very similar to, um, Michael Porter. Uh, and I know that comparison has been drawn a million times, right. uh, like from a stock standpoint, um, on social media, uh, that if, if Michael Porter Jr. was able to come out of high school and enter the NBA draft the same way that Kevin Garnett and Kobe Bryant and, you know, um, whoever, LeBron, uh, if he was able to do that, he would have been a top five pick. You know, forget lottery. He would have been a top five pick. And I was first made aware of R.J. Hampton when he went on Get Up when he was in high school and foregoed his senior year and said he was going to go to the NBL. And um, physically, the reason that he would have been a top five pick is because physically he is who you're looking for in the NBA right now. He is a six, six point, a point guard with a six, seven wingspan. He is a great athlete, not a good athlete. He's right. a great athlete where you see him in some of these workouts where he's throwing it off the backboard and catching it and throwing it between his legs. And you're like, whoa this looks great I saw he had his one of his trainers throw it off the side of the backboard Jeff and he came and grabbed it and threw it through his legs I'm like dude you can like win a dunk contest doing that now now I will say this I don't see that type of supreme athleticism showing up enough on tape and game setting right. uh, but he is he is a great athlete you see him in the open court Jay Billis called him a blur uh, last night during ESPN's draft coverage um, but you hit on it that his stock dropped uh, where he could be picked in the 20s because he just didn't play great when he was in, in the NBL. And that's, but, but I, don't, I don't let that um, totally, like that's not, like my antennas don't go shooting up saying, whoa, there's something wrong here. We saw Brandon Jennings struggle at that age in a professional league. That's, those are men. And this kid should have been a senior in high school. He's playing against grown ass men. And that league, I know a couple guys in that league. I covered a guy um, that that's, that's in that league. And it's, it's a big boy league. There's a lot of great Australian basketball. Most of that league is based out of Australia. He played for the breakers in New Zealand, but 
Um, it's it's a, it's a it's physical. It's professional basketball, right. and you're you should be playing varsity basketball. You're playing professional basketball. You skip right. over the college ranks. So it didn't surprise me that he averaged eight point eight points a game, two and a half assists. He was a little bit banged up, I think, too. Um, but this is a dude who, like like Zeke Naji, could get minutes right away. He mm-hmm. he really could. Maybe uh, a seventeen minutes. No, maybe not that. But he could incorporate them, I think, much quicker than R.J. Hampton. I think R.J. Hampton is more of a – this was a stock pick. Like, much like the Michael Porter Jr. selection, it's like, okay, the risk-reward here is perfect. Like, it's right. perfect. So when R.J. Hampton's there at 24, and you're like, this, this guy was, should have been a top five, six pick a year ago. Now's the perfect time. If the kid doesn't work out, it's not some sort of crippling selection at all. Um, so I'm a fan of the pick. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing his development. He's just, I mean, like, like Zeke Naji, these guys are just kids. I mean, yeah. they're, they're kids. We don't, you know, sometimes on draft night, I think we have a tendency to like speak like conclusively, this guy is going to be this. No, he's Kelly Oubre. Like, like, you know, when you come out of high school, um, just as people, not as athletes, like this guy's supposed to go do this. This guy's going to this college and he's going to go be this. And, but then somewhere along the way, like plans change and things change and life happens. The NBA is the same way. So we don't know who these 19 year olds are going to be. We just don't. Um, I think RJ Hampton is more of a, this is a, and Tim Connolly uh, talked to you guys about it. This is a, this is a long play. This is yeah. a, this is a, you know, hopefully this guy develops into a legitimate starter. I don't right. think we should be saying, oh, well, this guy was picked in the first round, so he's going to be a, a franchise shooting guard. Eh, I mean, hopefully, but we just don't know. Let's see here. I think that Nuggets fans should temper their enthusiasm, if there is enthusiasm about these guys. It should temper it for their rookie seasons because me personally – I like this uh, a Zeke Naji pick. I like the RJ Hampton pick, mm-hmm. but in terms of expectations out of the gate, I just I don't have any. The Nuggets are a really good basketball team, and to crack that lineup, I mean, shoot, we saw it a year ago. Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. is like a shooting star, and 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 it was really hard for him to get consistent minutes. So, do I think RJ Hampton and Zeke Naji are going to do that out of the gate? I don't. But that being said, I I do like the picks. You know, I was thinking about this uh, when you pointed out uh, Brandon Jennings, and but I'm going to contrast that with Wiseman, who, let's face it, essentially didn't have a year. I mean, he played, I think, a handful of games and then was ruled ineligible from Memphis, if yeah, I remember correctly. Yeah, I, th- I think three games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and would, yeah. He, would, would uh, Hampton have been better off just not playing? Just, just not going to college. If he was that highly recruited out of high school, do, doing what what Wiseman did essentially and just skipping a year, and then and would would that have helped his stock more and made him retain his lottery uh, projection if he had just not not gone down to the NBL? I think that's a, a really good point, and I think it's um, more than fair uh, because he was a little bit overexposed. He was a little bit overexposed. This is a guy who was, who was out of his element, playing against pros. Had he just, to your point, had he just done nothing, had he gone to an academy and just worked, right. um, uh, I, I think that he, he wouldn't have been there at, at 24. I mean, even, even if he slips to 
12. I mean, you're seeing some of the guys that are, that are getting selected. Um, you referenced a, a, a Poku, um, but he and others where there's just not a lot known about them. Um, you look at the uh, Alejandro kid from uh, Argentina or the other guys, like we don't, we don't, you know, we, we we're not too familiar with these guys. If we were less familiar with RJ Hampton, I, I think that's a really good point. Much yeah. like James Wiseman for different reasons. He, he only played three games and eligible. He wanted to play. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Uh, and, and oftentimes we have this discussion with like college football players, like uh, Jadavian Clowney or Trevor Lawrence, like, you, you get to a point where you playing could actually only hurt yourself, whether it's right. physically or you don't play well enough and you hurt your stock by just doing nothing. Um, you, you, you're, maybe you don't hold all of it. Maybe you go from five to nine, but you wouldn't be there in the, in the twenties. Right. I, and, 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 and I, we got you for a few more minutes and I, I thank you for coming on, man. I, um, Kind of want to move into uh, just a little bit, just a brief glimpse of, of free agency while, while we got it. I mean, let's face it, the Nuggets' biggest priority is uh, Jeremy Grant um, and, and, and re- retaining him. They've got, obviously, Mason Plumlee out there. They've got Paul Millsap out there, and they got Torrey Craig. Where do you think the Nuggets' priority lies in free agency? Because we're going to be coming right up to it, uh, like in thirty-something hours. So, where do you think they are? Yeah, right. Isn't that where, crazy? I know. It's right. This is this is insane. Well, where do you think their thinking is at going into what's going to be a wild free agency? You know what? This is not the answer that you're looking for, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is a Nuggets team that is set up really nicely. So I don't think they're going to try to go over the top and be over aggressive. That's not who they've profiled to be up until this point. Um, Now I did, I said the name uh, Kelly Oubre uh, just in like a draft uh, comp uh, in passing, Mm -hmm. but I have seen him name his name. I like Kelly Oubre, but for me, the number one priority, for this organization right now, and you you mentioned it in passing, it's Jeremy Grant. We knew he was going to decline his player option. He's, he's he was only going to play for whatever it was, nine million bucks or something. Um, that guy, I think, is such a fit on multiple levels. Uh, he provides the athleticism. He provides the defensive length. He doesn't need the basketball to have success. He has vastly improved his three point shooting. Now I know it has it was you know, up and down at times in the bubble. But you look at the more, the bigger comprehensive picture from where he was at coming into the league and where he's at now, he's improved his three-point percentage by like seven points. That's a big deal. Um, and he's taken more than ever. So um, I think Jeremy, and, and, and culturally too, uh, Jeremy Grant's a low-maintenance guy who's played hundreds of NBA games and is still, what is he, 27 years old, something like that. He's yeah. still an ascending player. I, I love Jeremy Grant for the Nuggets, and I think that – I don't know the dollar amount that he's going to command. Now, the, the only thing that I hope that doesn't happen is someone comes in and is like, yeah, we'll pay $21 million a year, yeah. $23 million a year, and you're just like, whoa. Like, you know, we – that's an offer that you, you – it's, like it's like the package uh, in the Drew Holiday trade. Like, right. yeah, you want this to happen, but it, and eventually it becomes unreasonable. Right. I hope it doesn't reach that. I hope they get a long-term deal done. I'm a huge Jeremy Grant fan, uh, for sure. And, I, and, and, and you asked me about the free agency and going back to the Drew Holiday deal. I was hoping they'd be able to get that done. 
I thought Drew Holiday would have put them in, in, in the best position to win a championship, maybe in the history of the organization. Yeah. But unfortunately, that that package, that Anthony Davis package, was insane for a one-time All Star. Right. I mean, it's, I mean, insane. He's talking about three first-round picks and multiple starters. The Nuggets. Nuggets fans can't put those situations side by, and I was screaming about this on the radio with someone yesterday. Um, you can't put the situation side by side and say, well, they did it, therefore they're all in. Well, no, their situation is entirely different. Yes, yeah. they're an NBA basketball team in a championship window. That doesn't make it the equivalent of the situation that the Nuggets are in. So, right. um, yeah, it, it's um, – I know I'm kind of rambling there. but No, you're, no, you're fine. Because it, it, we we – this is where we're at, you know, and, and this, I'll leave you this with this, with this, and thank you for coming on. Um, you know, I, I've been of the mind, and maybe this is too broad, but I've been of the mind that the Nuggets, Nuggets, you know, let's put aside the draft. They really are in a win now mode, and they have to be because, you know, like with Clay Thompson's injury today, um, one more comp competitor for the top of the West is kind of, fell by the wayside and you kind of have to take advantage of these moments because these windows do not last. And if you were GM Zach by, um, what would you do? What, what, maybe not may a specific move, but if you were like the general manager of, of a, a team like the nuggets going into it, how would you approach this? Because this is, this is uh, kind of the hardest thing to do is go from really good to great. Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, I think that if the Nuggets are going to going to do that, go from good to great, the internal development needs to continue to happen. Um, because you can – the NBA journey is about a climb. It is never – unless you are a big market team, Miami, Los Angeles, uh, you're seeing it happen in New York and Brooklyn – those organizations can operate with an add water and stir through free agency. The nuggets, they don't live in that universe. So I think to, to, to your point, if I'm the GM and you want to go from good to great, the first thing that needs to happen is the continued development of everyone, of everyone. And that even in, includes Nikola Jokic. Um, I saw renewed commitment from Nikola this, uh, from this time of season ended to going into the bubble. You saw the weight loss. There was a, there was a, because I've asked this question about Nicola for years now. Is this a guy who has dedicated his entire life to being great? And you can't tell me that he has because I see visually what his body looks like. And you just can't tell me you've dedicated your life to it. Now he comes to the bubble and I see the way he is. And I'm like, he's capable of this. He's showing us he is. So if he shows up to a season with that kind of, with that kind of absurd focus of being great, I think there's still another level of Nikola Jokic that, that, you know, we saw it um, two years ago, an MVP candidate. I think he finished fourth or something like that. That, that guy, he can be that guy every single night. Mm -hmm. And so for, so for Nikola, for Jamal, he crossed through a threshold uh, this past year, year uh, but maybe most important of all, and maybe it's not even a maybe, maybe it's just most importantly of all to go from good to great. Michael Porter Jr. has to take these steps. It has right. to be an all-out commitment. Uh, it, there's not just one side of the floor. When you commit to being great, uh, everything matters. Rotations matter. Details matter. Um, so 
like in terms of free agency, like are the Nuggets going to go land some big fish? Probably not. And I don't know if they need to. They're in the Western Conference Finals with the fish that they have, but they have this internal fish that's on the reel that it could be the largest tuna in the history of the franchise. Michael Porter Jr. has that type of talent. And when you look at championship teams throughout the history of the league, typically, not always, there's examples, Detroit Pistons, Toronto Raptors, typically you have two Hall of Famers. Okay. And I think that the Nuggets have one right now that's in his prime, and that's Nikola. Yeah. Who's the next? Is it Jamal? Is it MPJ? And if both of those guys, even if they don't, even if, because I, when you start saying Hall of Fame, sometimes people are like, what the hell are you talking about? These guys haven't even made an all-star team. I'm speaking in fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Like, if both of those guys, even if they fall short of that, but they're both on the same page in the development. Well, now you could have a scenario like the Toronto Raptors where they had one Hall of Fame player in Kawhi, but you have multiple other all-star caliber players, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry. If you can flirt with that territory, because if you get enough of those guys that aren't necessarily Hall of Fame caliber players, but you're Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Tayshaun Prince, Ben Wall, all on one team, I think that's the Nuggets' best chance to go from good to great. It's not, it's not some gigantic missing puzzle piece. Yeah. It's the piece that they have uh, in MPJ to continue to pour his life into this. And if, the, if this group of guys, and they can retain Jeremy Grant, uh, I am just the, – the, the ceiling is the sky yeah. for the next three – four, five, why can't it be seven years? These are, this is the youngest core in the league that has flirted with success. There's other younger cores. They haven't flirted with success the way that Denver has. So um, that, that would be my long, way too long of an answer that if I was the GM and how do I take that next step, it's not doing it in the same way that the Lakers or Clippers or Brooklyn has done it. It's the way that the Nuggets, uh, have operated but never reaching actually the success that they could be on the doorstep of right now all right well yeah that's a great answer zach really really good and that's exactly what i was looking for too um because it's (laughs) it's it's one of those things that i i think it's a nebulous thing and it doesn't work for every uh organization because uh there's organic and then there is surprise and the Detroit Pistons yeah. in 2004 was definitely a surprise you know um so yeah I I, I love it I love it and um well I I don't want to keep you so and and, 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 re- and really quick really quick though really quick you, you you mentioned the Pistons team again right don't forget who the Pistons beat in the finals the Lakers had four Hall of Famers right on one team yep and I bring that up because the challenges of the Lakers and the Clippers, maybe the Warriors, we'll see what happens here with the, from a health standpoint. Um, those challenges aren't going away. And the Nuggets can't run from that. Like right. the, it, it, on paper, you put it side by side. You know, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, prime Kobe, prime Shaq, a stalwart point guard in Derek Fisher. How could they ever get beat? I'll tell you how. The Pistons built a team like the Nuggets are building right this second. Right, and the the Rashid Wallace deal mid season of two thousand four really is the yep. I think that's the most one of the most underrated moves in NBA history because it 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 took them from a very very good team to a to a really what it amounted to a great team that year and beating a yeah. a, a, a an amazing 
Lakers team. Uh, well, I wouldn't say an amazing Lakers team because that team had problems. But, I mean, that, that, sure. that's the Lakers team that beat the Spurs, who was a really good team that that's year. Right. In, in the playoffs, of course, the .4 seconds thing kind of helped them. But uh, it's just, hey, hey you, you take it where you can get it. <laughs> I remember that. I remember where I was watching that. I couldn't believe it. And D-Fish just runs in the locker room. that Because I grew up a massive Laker fan. Mm-hmm. That's a dirty little secret about me. When I was falling in love with basketball, Kobe Bryant and Shaq were like gods to me. And it was, it was less about, like, the Laker brand. It was more about I love these – guys you know and um yeah so i remember that vividly i'll never forget phil jackson's smirk the, the man always had a smirk but i'll never forget his smirk walking off the floor i'm like oh my god this guy knows he's had fi- found money yeah. right here so anyway well and and, 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 then, and then and one more note about that they created that rule point four, point four or more you can get the shot off Right, and, and it was literally like the, the genesis of that was that Derek Fisher shot. Oh man, that's that's amazing. Jeez, uh, there's look. Well, next time I have you on, you and I could just talk about you know some some basketball, and I and I'm not talking about oh now, no but, doubt. Yeah, I'm talking about past basketball, and I know you're a big Kobe fan. So, um, well, oh, yeah, well, dude, thank you for uh, uh, coming on the podcast. Tell tell my the Mortcast and CSG listeners where they can find you all your details. Yeah, so I'm on the fan every day from noon to three. We're in year four of Stokely and Zach. Um, and once upon when I first came here, I was just telling my wife about this when I was describing who you are. And when I first moved here, and the fan doesn't talk a lot of basketball. It's not a secret. And when I first came, I would like want to talk basketball and started this podcast and whatever. And um, I remember uh, Raj Sharon, who's our program director, saying, "Hey." You know, Jeff reached out to me, say, man, that, that kid, that new guy, he knows his basketball. And, and then, and then you said on Twitter one day, Hey, you know, if you're a Nuggets fan, give, give buys line a follow. So that always meant a lot to me. I was new in the market. I was petrified. You know, I'm new. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in an unfamiliar place covering these teams. I had a lot of anxiety coming here. Mm -hmm. So that was like a, that was like a little piece of, um, not a little piece a big piece, actually a validation. Oh. uh from you so i appreciate it um yeah. Yeah, for sure i mean it and and um so, so yeah so i'm on the fan uh from noon to three every day um my podcast mile high hoops uh in year three of that i used to do where old boykins he took the player development job at arkansas so now it's just me um and uh you can get that wherever you download your podcasts and um yeah you can follow me on on twitter at, at uh, byesline b-y-e-s-l-i-n-e Yes, and you can get the occasional uh, uh, Snapchat story of him going nuts when Kobe scored it on uh, what sixteen in his final game, which is yes, yes. <laughs> which is which is yes. a great which is a great piece with, of uh, theater, I think. <laughs> with the red teeth, with the with, yes, with, uh, right. with the Cabernet teeth. <laughs> hey, I know all about Cabernet. Is anyone listening? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Everyone go follow uh, Zach at Byzline on Twitter and go listen to the Mile High Hoops podcast and listen to Stokely and Zach. And uh, I think you'll be, you'll love it. And uh, Zach's one of the best out here in Denver. I appreciate you coming on, dude. No, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. No problem. Before we get out of here, I want to talk to you about DraftKings. Yes. One of the sponsors of uh, the Morecast, and uh, 
there's a lot of different ways you can get involved with uh, DraftKings. Um, my co-host of CSG Politics and uh, one of the co-hosts of, uh, of uh, the Gen X Music Show is my friend Pat. And uh, he really loves the live betting aspect of DraftKings. He said that it's one of the best things that, that DraftKings offers. And I think you'll see more and more people loving DraftKings for that uh, – that that aspect it's a, it is a it is a good kind of um a uh, a good way to interact with the ga- the gambling aspect and uh look colorado has invested a lot of money and i'm talking about when i say investment citizens of colorado have invested a lot of money in gambling and a lot of it has to do with DraftKings and their uh number one their their top rated sports book app Week 10 of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for late week 11. There's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook ad. To the add to the excitement of week 11, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head on over to the App Store now because you won't want to miss this. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when using the sign-up pro- code MHS. Uh, that's the promo code. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting uh, to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. Don't worry if football isn't for you. DraftKings is giving all MMA fans who sign up now a chance to triple their uh, winnings uh, on any bet placed on UFC 255. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up and to get $1,000. That's com- promo code MHS to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, thanks to Zach Bai for joining me on the, uh, on the old Morecast today. And uh, this is, it's, it's pretty cool uh, how we all have these relationships here in uh, Denver with the, with the sports media. And it was really good of Zach to come on. Uh, he's got some great, great insight. Um, and you should go listen to his uh, show with uh, Brandon Stokely on The Fan from noon to three. Uh, and they really do a great job of uh, kind of breaking down things. And, you know, like, look, it's The Fan and they don't talk a lot of basketball. With, but when they do, go to Zach because he's the person on the, on, the, uh, uh, on the radio station that will get it to you. All right. Well, thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast. Thank you to Zach Bai from 104.3 to Fan to come on. And I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.